Hello and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. My name is Julie Hoglin and I am the creator and founder. This podcast covers every aspect of conscious leadership and the conscious leadership code. And if there is a particular example or angle or subject you would like an episode on, please reach out and let me know and I will create it specifically for you. This episode is around ego states, which is a concept that was created and called transactional analysis by Eric Byrne. And the reason I'm doing this episode on this is that I've just had a conversation with one of my mentees, and this is the conversation we had. And it is really powerful to understand what the ego states are, as described by Byrne, and how they can affect and how they can affect and impact our every transaction within our relationships. So Byrne discussed how our personalities and behaviours are shaped by different states or parts of our psyche, which he called ego states. So this whole episode is around ego states as initially written about by Eric Byrne and Transaction Analysis. Ego states are the different aspects of our personalities that we use in different situations. And this is a really key point to remember. We all have all of these ego states. They are within all of us all of the time. And our ego states can create a reaction where sometimes what we really need is a response. Now, there's a lot more to that statement, and I will do a lot more on that in other episodes. But for this one, just bear in mind, please remember, we all have all of these ego states at our disposal all of the time to utilise. And they pop up sometimes unexpectedly. So these ego states are described as parent, adult and child. And the parent and child can be divided into different categories. So the parent ego state can be divided into the nurturing mother or the authoritative father, paternal state. While the child ego state can be divided into three, natural child state, the adapted child state and the rebellious child state. And all of these ego states are in our relationships, whether that be at work or in life. It's every relationship. And us understanding the ego states can be a really powerful tool. I mean, a really powerful tool in building healthy relationships in all aspects of our life. And by understanding the different ego states within ourselves and others, we can gain insights not only into our own behaviour, but the behaviour of those around us which allows us to communicate more effectively. It allows us to manage conflicts and it allows us to build stronger connections. Now, we don't become an unexperienced psychologist within all of this. We do not know what has happened to people in their past. We can only gauge anything we do on the behaviours that are being demonstrated to us in that moment and that we deal with the behaviour We do not, I'm going to say, unless we want to and the relationship is that, we do not dig deeper. We deal with the behaviour. Let's have a look at these. The parent ego state. 
the parent ego state is the part of our personality that's influenced by the experiences and values we learned from our parents or other authority figures when we were younger. It is responsible for our internalised beliefs and attitudes. It can create our values as well about right and wrong and good and bad and how we should, and there's a really parental word there, how we should behave in different situations. And this ego state can be divided into two types. I've already mentioned them, I'll say them again. The mother paternal state and the father paternal state, and they both play a different role. So the mother paternal state is the aspect of our personality, which of course translates into behaviours, that is responsible for our nurturing and caring behaviours towards others. Not always for ourselves, others. In this state, we take on the caretaker, the mentor or the guide role towards others. We provide emotional support, guidance and protection. And this ego state can be beneficial in situations where others are in need of nurturing or support. It's like the arm around the shoulder and works really well in caregiving professions and in close relationships sometimes. Because one of the downsides of this, and I'm going to look at the pros and cons of each of them later on in this episode, it can become smothering for the person on the receiving end of this behaviour if it's inappropriately delivered at the wrong time, in the wrong place, for the wrong reason. The father paternal state is almost the direct opposite. It's the aspect of our personality that is responsible for our authority moments and protective behaviours towards others. And in this state, we take on a protector, mentor, authority figure role towards others, providing guidance, leadership and protection. We basically are telling them what to do within this particular state. So mother we care, father we tell, sort of. Um, And this ego state, it can be beneficial. Of course it can, because we need to be told what to do on occasions. There is no discussion around certain things. We just need to be told. And it's beneficial when others are in need of direction. And the other side of that is it can become controlling for the person on the receiving end of the behaviour if they're constantly told what to do. It can diminish individuals. So there's pros and cons to all of these. Let's look at the child ego state. The child ego state is the part of our personality that's responsible for our emotions and needs. It is the part of us that expresses our creativity, our playfulness, our joy, our vulnerability. And this ego state can be divided into three types, three parts, natural child, adapted child, and the rebellious child. Now, the natural child is the part of us that's responsible for our spontaneity, our joy, and our creativity. And in this ego state, We express our natural emotions and desires without any inhibition. And this ego state is important for our emotional well-being and creativity. Can you imagine the world without any joy? Natural joy, natural fun. It would be pretty dour, wouldn't it? Now, the adapted child state is the part of our personality that is responsible for our tendency to adapt our behaviour to fit in 
with the expectations and demands of an environment, whether we choose that environment or whether we put ourselves in that environment or it is one we are in that maybe we don't think we have a choice for. So we adapt our behaviours. Now, this can lead to a sense of disconnection from our authentic self and a feeling of inauthenticity in our interactions with others. So think about this long-term for what it does for you if you are using the adapted child state more often than you truly need to. And then the last child state is a rebellious child. And it's a part of our personality, <laughs> and it's called rebellious for a reason. Um, it's part of our personality that's responsible for us to rebel against the authority or norms of our environment. And this state can occur when we feel constrained or restricted by the expectations and demands of others. And we respond by expressing our emotions and desires in a more rebellious or defiant manner. Now, the parent state, if we go into that mode with our communication, can create an adapted child or a rebellious child. Every transaction creates a reaction. And when we respond rather than react, we come into what is called the adult ego state. So all of this is manageable. All of this is something that we all do all of the time. And when we know this information, we can choose to do things differently. If we're not getting the result we want, look at what that means. It's not always about us, but look at how we have contributed to the process, contributed to the result, contributed to what we are accepting. The adult ego state is the part of our personality that is responsible for our rational and logical thinking. It is the part of us that is capable of making decisions based on critical thinking, analysis and objectivity. And when we are in the adult ego state, we are able to respond to the present moment based on our own needs and desires and without being overly influenced by our past experiences or emotion and what is going on in front of us in that moment. And the adult ego state, once we know how to, is a state that will allow us to manage situations, and for want of a better word, better. And remember, we all access all of these ego states in any given moment. The difference between reaction and response is huge within this as a, as a concept. So let's have a look at how we manage ego states and relationships. Managing your own ego state and how you transact with others is an extraordinarily powerful process to build healthy relationships and, importantly, improve your own well-being. So let's look at how we do it. So number one, developing self-awareness. When we develop self-awareness, it involves becoming more attuned to our own emotions, to our own thoughts and our behaviours. And remember, please remember, we inherit a lot of this. It's generational. We are heavily influenced by those around us when we are younger, by our guardians, our parents, whoever it is that brought us up, the authority figures. So how do we develop self-awareness? 
we take time out for self-reflection. We can journal, we can seek feedback from you know, friends, family, but we ask for information about how we are doing. Practicing mindfulness, again, it's a powerful tool. Um, and we can become more present in the moment and observe our thoughts and emotions without judgment in the moment. And what this can do is help us identify when we are shifting into alternate ego states and then we can respond in a more constructive manner. We can develop empathy and that's a really important skill for managing ego states and any transaction that we are in. We become more attuned to the emotions and needs of others which can then help us respond in a more compassionate and supportive manner. Practice active listening. I've got a wonderful fact about this later on in the episode. Um, active listening is key for any relationship we're in. And, and again, by active listening, we see what's not being said. We hear what's not being said. We read between the lines and we truly listen to what is being said. Assertiveness is number five. It's huge for our interactions with any individual that we are in a relationship with and by developing assertiveness we can express our needs and emotion in a way that is clear it is direct and it is still respectful of others and we identify triggers and I'm conscious I'm using a word that is a trigger once we once we have greater self-awareness we can identify our own triggers and we do that through the self-reflection but once we've identified our triggers that cause us to shift into different ego states, we can do something differently. We examine our patterns of our behavior. And by doing that, we become more conscious of our behaviors, our reactions, which allow us to respond in a more constructive manner. Understanding ego states is a powerful tool, truly powerful tool in building healthy relationships in all aspects of our life. So let's have a look at some of the pros and cons of each ego state. Neither's wrong, neither's right, neither's good, neither's bad. Each have their own place for the right reason. It's knowing when the right reason is and the right ego state to display in that moment. And that is a skill that everybody can develop. So let's have a look at the parent ego state. So the pros, um, it is nurturing and caring. So the parent ego state can be nurturing and supportive. It can provide emotional support. It can provide guidance and protection to others. And this can be beneficial to others where they are in need of nurturing or support. And of course, um, parent ego state, you become a role, a role model. You can provide a positive role model for others. And we have to know what we are role modeling to be the positive role model. And again, can provide guidance and to support to those who are struggling or in need of assistance. And there's a real message in this. It's what other people need. It's not necessarily what we want to give. So the cons, the parent ego state can be really authoritative and judgmental. It can become a lack of empathy, a lack of understanding towards others. And if the individual becomes too authoritative or rigid in their approach, you can alienate or intimidate others, which leads to feelings of resentment and can create conflict. 
It can also produce an overprotectiveness, which again can result in individuals feeling smothered or stifled, which I mentioned earlier. So let's have a look at the child ego state, the pros. Spontaneous and creative behaviours. It provides, a child ego state provides a sense of joy and playfulness. And this is vital, especially in this current world for emotional well-being and creativity. And the child ego state pro emotional expression. Um, it provides a, oh, what's the right word, a healthy outlet for emotions. It allows us to connect with our emotions and other people's emotions and to express ourselves in a genuine way and to allow others to express themselves in a genuine way. But of course, the cons, because they've all got pros, they've all got cons, neither's right, neither's wrong. Adaptive or rebellious behaviours. Well, who hasn't seen the child stamping their feet at the checkouts, knowing that by adapting that behaviour, their parents are going to buy them the sweets that they just told them they couldn't have? And if we do this too often individually, on a really serious note, this can lead to a sense of disconnection from our authentic self and a feeling of inauthenticity with our interactions. And another con, immaturity can sometimes lead to individuals, you, me, and others, behaving in an immature or impulsive manner, which, of course, can be detrimental to relationships and overall well-being. And now let's look at the adult. Um, pros for the adult. Rational and logical behaviours. It enables us and others to make decisions based on critical thinking on analysis and objectivity. With adult behaviours, when we're really deep in them, subjectivity is not part of this process. With the objectivity, you're able to respond to the present moment based on your own needs and desires without being overly influenced a, by your past experience, and B, your emotions. And that can be in the moment or from the past. And another pro for adult is effective problem solving. Adults approach problem solving and challenges and in a logical and efficient manner. So let's have a look at the cons of the adult ego state. Detached or emotionless behaviours. This state, this process that we go through can be overly analytical and detached. It can lead to a lack of emotional connection and empathy towards others. And if an individual becomes too focused on logic and reason, they may miss important emotional cues from others and fail to respond in a compassionate and supportive manner. Another con linked to the adult is that an adult in this permanent state, remembering the child is joyous, can become overly serious and boring. It can lead to individuals making them taking themselves too seriously and becoming overly focused on work or tasks, which of course is a downside to their relationships and overall well-being. So all of these are in balance, all of these are in are accessible and accessible to us all all of the time. And of course the pros and cons of each ego state depend on the specific situation and the context that the situation is occurring in. So when we understand the advantages and disadvantages, 
of each ego state, of each process we access, we can learn to manage our own ego states in a more constructive manner. We can also recognise, and this is not a, not turning you into a psychologist, but we can also start to recognise maybe where another person is operating from. And when we can do that, we can use empathy, we can utilise compassion, we can change an ego state to lighten the mood or support a mood or to create a different result. So our intention leads to our impact. And of course, when we know what this is about and we learn how to do it and we learn the communication skills that go with it, of course, it's going to lead to healthier relationships and greater well-being. And surely that is what we all want. So part of the call this morning was around what, what happens if the other person isn't aware and that we consider that they're behaving inappropriately. So what, what can we do? What can you do? And there are various things you can do. And being really honest with you, from years of applying this, I mean, decades of applying this and working with 20 plus thousand leaders and managers and individuals within business and life, we tread carefully is, is the true answer when we're in a relationship, especially if we are not being paid to provide that type of service to the individual. So if we are in a personal relationship with an individual, tread even more carefully. But tread we need. So let's have a look at some of the things we can do. We can practice empathy. And we do that before we take any action. So we learn to respond before we react. P. It's important to practice empathy and attempt to understand the other person's perspective. We are not them. We do not have their background. We don't know what their background is. Now, they may have shared it with us. They may not. We can't guess. We can't make any assumptions. But we attempt to put ourselves in their shoes. And we consider what might be driving their behaviour. And when we can do that, we can approach the situation with a greater understanding and compassion. And please remember, we cannot control them. Now, when you're involved, directly involved in the situation, it can be difficult to do. I am a realist. I live in the real world. I have real practical knowledge in my head and in my experience. And one of the models we can use called the three perception model, that's what I call it. And it works really well and can allow you to disassociate from the situation whilst you are experiencing it. it takes a lot of practice, but you can do it. Now that takes you straight into adult mode. And sometimes when we're experiencing somebody who's been triggered, I'll talk about that word in a minute, but if we're experiencing somebody who's been triggered by something, the, in reality, the mode we want to be operating from is the adult mode because it allows us to be non-emotionally involved, which will help us if nobody else. And we need to protect ourselves as well as looking after other people. So the three perception model does take practice. And even if you can't do it in the moment, you can reflect after the moment using this process for your own learning, which then deepens your self-awareness and allows you to create a set of words, set questions, 
a, um, a process or even a recognition that it's going to happen, you change your behaviours for the positive, not for the negative. So it in, ensues and helps your own learning. Number two, you use active listening. And active listening involves listening to other the other person's words. You listen to their words, you listen to their tone of voice, you look and watch their body language, you see what's being said, you see what's not being said, you hear what's being said, you hear what's not being said. And again, there is a real skill to practice in this. You can develop it. And what it helps you to do is identify the underlying emotions and needs that are driving their behavior. Now, you're, unless they tell you, you can't make it up, but it enables you to respond in a different manner. So by actively listening, you can demonstrate that you are interested in understanding their perspective. And that allows them to feel heard and validated, which is really important for people. Now, I know for all the years I have been doing this sort of stuff with people, leaders, management, boards of trustee, chief execs, the whole raft, individuals and partners, both business and life. Many people struggle with active listening skills. So I went off and did a bit of research on if there had been any research done on active listening skills. And I found one piece which says, um, according to a study by the International Listening Association, didn't know that existed, but there is one, the average person only retains 25% of what they hear. So what does this suggest, especially in the moment? And there's lots more communication stuff, being a technical word I can suggest in, in later episodes. This suggests that the majority of people may not be fully engaged in active listening, which involves focusing on the speaker, understanding their perspective and responding in a supportive and constructive manner. You are seeking to understand before being understood. Now, I have taught active listening skills and it can be one of the, and I practice it, and it can be one of the most tiring things. If you don't do it currently, actively listening is an extraordinarily tiring thing to do when you first start because it basically means you pay attention to the person that is speaking. You suspend all other thought processes going through your head. You are not thinking about what you're saying next. You are listening, seeking to understand before being understood. And you only generate a response if a response is required after they have finished speaking. And it is an absolute skill to have and it can be developed if you're not currently doing that. Number three, identify triggers. And I'm recognising I'm using a word that will trigger people. And to identify triggers, you really do need to be in rapport. And I'm, these, are, these are technical terms as such, but you really need to be in rapport with the other person. And you can start to identify the triggers that are driving their behaviour. Now, I'm not making, this is not about you becoming a psychologist. This is about you understanding the other person. And recognising that maybe they are running a pattern. Maybe you have said something that has triggered them. So it's you that has created. They've reacted, but now you need to respond. So this may involve you asking them questions. And it may involve you observing their behaviour to identify patterns. Now, when you ask questions, when someone is triggered, there's going to be two responses. You, They will either trigger further because of the question that's been asked. 
or the question will allow them to stop and think and potentially reflect. So learning what questions to ask is really important. You can help them become more aware of their behaviour and manage it in a more constructive manner. Now, what I'm going to say here is be warned because the level of self-awareness in others can be low. And by using the word trigger, you trigger another reaction rather than a response. Effective communication is absolutely key. And another point on this one, some people do not care. They don't care about you. They don't care about the result of their behavior. They just don't care. They don't care about the situation. They don't care about the scenario, especially in the moment when they're triggered. They're running, they're potentially running a pattern they're potentially doing something they have seen their parents do. They, have potent, they are potentially doing something they learned to do at a child that got them what they wanted. There's a lot to this psychologically linked in how people behave. But please remember and please hear this. Effective communication is key. And if someone's behavior is negatively impacting on you, accepting that over a period of time can lead to your non-well-being. So this leads me on to number four, provide feedback. I may not want it. You may not want to provide it and it will help. It will certainly help you. You can provide feedback to the other person on their behavior. Now, this should be done. There's a skill to this as well. There's a skill to all these interactive interpersonal behaviors. Providing feedback should be done in a non-judgmental manner and with a focus on helping them become more aware of their behavior. And again, they may not care. But by telling them how their behavior is impacting you or the situation, it doesn't have to be about you, it can be about a situation, you take it away from the personal, it can help them adjust if they want to. Key point, they may not care enough to change their behavior. And please remember, the only person you can control is yourself. You can influence others, but you cannot control them unless you take that negative parental approach and you are imposing your authority on others. And that is not the route to take. It becomes an abusive relationship. And number five, the last one on, on this part, is model healthy behaviour. So you adopt your behaviours into a healthy behaviour set. You manage your own ego states. You manage your own ego states and your own behaviours in a constructive and responsive manner. And by you demonstrating healthy behaviours and positive interaction, you can provide a positive example for the other person to follow if they choose to. And they don't have to follow. <laughs> Absolutely their choice on what they do and how they do it. And of course, all of that affects relationships, both in business and outside of business. This covers every relationship in every aspect of life. So it really is important to remember that when we are working with this stuff, when we are thinking about this stuff, when we are interacting with this stuff, stuff being a technical word, the ego state is a complex process. It may take time for you to develop these skills, and I'm here if you want any help in that, and it may definitely take the other person time to develop these skills if they choose to. And of course, for you as well, if you choose to, you can impact differently in any relationship you're in. So I'm going to end this session 
this episode session, this episode here. Um, again, if you have any questions on any of this, please reach out. Seriously reach out. I am here to support you to get the best relationships that you deserve. You know, I say to get the best relationships you deserve, to have the best relationships you deserve. And we all deserve good relationships. And sometimes we negatively impact ourselves to stay in a relationship, work and life that doesn't serve. And then we diminish the power of who we are. I'm doing a piece of work at the moment on power and what that means. That will possibly be the next episode. But, but listen in and please share this with people. Yeah, please share this with people. My intent is to support and help. Now, again, if you don't agree with what I've said, you know, please ask me the questions. Please share what you don't agree and I can expand it in more detail for you. Um, we can create understanding between us. Anyway, I'm going to sign off. Have a fabulous day, evening, morning, afternoon, whatever it is you're doing. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Conscious Leadership Podcast. And if you have found it useful, please leave a review. And if you have found it useful, please share it with others that will find it useful as well. If you want to know more about my publishing, please follow me through to the Amazon author page. And if you would like to follow me on any of my other social media channels, please do, which also includes a YouTube channel.